Have you ever had a conversation with somebody, you're talking about something, you share information with them, and then later you bring it up and they act like they have no idea what you're talking about? Like, like, like the conversation didn't happen? Like, for example, parents, have you ever told maybe your kid to uh, clean their room? And you, later that night you're like, hey, did you get your room clean? They're like, you didn't tell me to clean my room. And you're like, I've been telling you that actually for the last six days. But yeah, I did tell Like, they're just oblivious to the conversation. Is that just in my house? Like, it happens in my house quite frequently. And it, maybe that's my listening skills. I don't know. There was a time, this is in the summer, last summer. It was a Friday night. And I was home, and the kids are home from school, and I'm kind of thinking about, what are we going to do tonight? You know, it's kind of a free night, and we could go mini-golfing, we could go out to eat, and, and uh, my wife Jody was still working, and she normally gets off at 5 or 5.15, but she wasn't home, and it was like 5.30, and then it was 5.45, and then it was 6 o'clock, and finally I said, I said, Ava, do you know where your mom's at? And she's like, gosh, Dad, I think that, I think she's talked about going to Sioux Falls this weekend. And I'm like, what are you talking? I said, what? So I grab my phone and I start dialing up her number. Actually, I didn't dial it. I just hit her name and then it go. you know, you get it. So I, I called her and I'm like, hey. She's like, hey, sweetie, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, what are you doing? She goes, oh, I'm just driving to Sioux Falls. I said, I had no idea that you were spending the weekend in Sioux Falls. And you could just hear her pause, like annoyed almost. She's like, Ah, oh, sweetie, we had a conversation about this. I said, Jody, I don't know what man you're talking to, but that's got to stop. It's not me. Like, you're talking. It, I have no clue what you're talking. Like, I was completely dumbfounded. And this has happened more than once in, in our relationship. So it's probably on me, but I just couldn't believe I was hearing this news. I just could not comprehend it. There's a story that we're going to go uh, into today. We're going to go on a journey together, you and I. And... The story centers on news that you could not believe, that, that the people that were hearing the news were hearing it for the first time, and they could not believe what they were hearing. It's the story of the birth of Jesus. It's the biggest event that's happened up to this point. Jesus has just been born, and it, now it's time to tell people about it. And, and who God goes to is surprising, because one would think that he would go to um, the religious people, the temple, the priests, the scribes, maybe the royalty or the kings. But, but, but God chooses to first deliver this incredible news that they could not believe to shepherds. That's the story for today. And I, and you're, I pray you hear it like you've never heard it before because it's, it's, it's so significant that he wanted the message to go to the shepherds first. Number one, the shepherds were very uh, lowly. They were, they were, no one was lining up on career college day. No senior was like, you know, the degree in sheep herding. There was no line to like figure that one out. Nobody wanted that job. They were considered outcasts, considered unclean. I wrote down, being a shepherd wasn't exactly a dream job. Like, let's just pause for a second and ask the question. Anybody here, have you like, because it was considered unclean, have you ever like been around sheep at all? I, okay, I, and I, yeah, so, so like two of you, that's great. I don't know why I expect hands to go up. Like if you were hanging out with sheep, you ain't going to tell us. You're not. You're not going to raise your hand in a group like this. But I, I'm with you. I'm with you, Bob. I, we grew up raising sheep in my household. In, well, not in our house, but actually we did bring lambs in our house. And anyway, there's, there's trauma. But um, so I grew up on a farm until I was 10. 
We raised sheep. We didn't just raise them. We loved those sheep. But we, we would uh, feed them. We would bottle feed them. We would shear them. I would ride them. And I don't know. Don't. Oh, isn't that cute? That's me. Some of you have already seen this picture. But for those of you that haven't been scarred yet, there you go. I mean, look at that. I showed this picture to somebody this week. And they're like, oh, cute. I'm like, thank you. They're like, no, the sheep. I'm like, really? Seriously? The sheep? Yeah, that's little Monty on a sheep. Okay, take that down right now. Okay, so, so I hung out with sheep. And uh, listen to me. The shepherds, they would have no idea what was happening this night when Jesus was born. We sing the song, Silent Night. It was a silent night. It was just another night to them. It was just another silent night, another one on the hilltop with the sheep, doing what they've always done. They weren't expecting anything different. They weren't looking for anything different. They weren't asking for anything different. But there's a specific reason that God would choose lowly shepherds as the very first people group to hear the good news of great joy for all people. That Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the, this God child had been born into the world. Let's go on a journey in Luke <clears throat> chapter 2. Verse 8, this is the story of Jesus being born and the shepherds hearing the news. In fact, that's what had just happened. Jesus has just been born, and in verse 8 it says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel quickly reassures them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior. Yes, the Messiah. The Lord has been born in Bethlehem, the city of David. On this day, a side note, Bethlehem, the word, the, the, the town, the name means house of bread, a fitting place for the bread of life to be born. Verse 12. You're gonna recognize him by this sign, shepherds. You'll find the baby wrapped in snuggling strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, at that point, the angel was joined by a vast host of others. Armies of heaven, angels, praising and saying this. Glory to God in the highest heaven. And peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Can you imagine the scene? An angel talking to shepherds. Armies of angels show up. They're singing in the heavens, declaring the glory of God. Verse 15, when the angels had returned to heaven... The shepherds said to each other, I, I know what they, here's what they probably thought. Let's get the flock out of here. That's what they were thinking. But this is, sorry, this is what they said. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hear the good news of Jesus, and they say, let's go. Last week, if you missed it, one of the main things we talked about was this. You don't have to completely get it to do it. The, the, there's no way the shepherds completely understood what was going down and what was happening. 
They were overwhelmed with what they were seeing and hearing. But yet they said, let's go check it out. We have to go see it. Let's finish out the scripture together. Verse 16. They hurried to the village, you know, in Bethlehem, the little manger scene. They found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in a manger. After seeing Jesus, the shepherds told everyone what had happened, what the angel said to them about this child. All who heard what the shepherds said, all who heard their story were astonished. But Mary, she kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Verse 20. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard. It was, it was just as the angel described. It was just as the angel had told them. Repeat after me. Say, if God said it, I can trust it. If God said it, I can trust it. God spoke through an angel, told them the news of Jesus, what had happened, where he'd been born, where he was at. They trusted it, and they went. That's part of our answer to the question of, God, why would you choose the shepherds? Out of all the people in all the world, why would you choose them? I'll tell you why. I put it down. God chose the shepherds. God chose to share the greatest news in the world with the lowly shepherds because of this. By declaring the news to the lowliest of the low, it would show the good news of Jesus Christ isn't just for certain people or certain groups, but it truly is for, for all people everywhere, that it's for everybody, that it's not just for you or him or them. God is making a statement. It is for all people. I love that 30 years later, Jesus would actually speak those words um, because, well, I won't just, let me show you what he said. In, in, again, in the same book of Luke, in chapter 5, verse 32, Jesus is grown up now, and he says this. I have not come to call those who think they are righteous, but those who, who know they are sinners and need to repent. Mm, I love that. See, the shepherds were well aware of their uncleanliness. They were well aware of their unrighteousness. In fact, what I'm, what I'm about to tell you next, if you grew up in the church, this might, this might shock you, you know? Um, but our dream at Meadows Church, this is the dream, that God would fill his house with, with those who know they are messed up. With, with the misfits, the rejects, like the addicts, the people that are truly broken and lonely and hurting. And I'm telling you, if any of those descriptions describe you, you should give God some praise. Because you're exactly who he came for. The low, they know they're messed up. We know we're messed up. God is making such a big, bold statement. Technology is making a big, bold, let me just give me two seconds. The backup plan is always available. I'm like, pray for my computer in the name of Jesus. So, now, so God knew the shepherds would receive the word. So he, he, he's making a statement. If it goes to the shepherds and they're hearing it, it must be all, all for all people. The other statement in this that he's making is this. 
he knew the shepherds wouldn't just keep it to themselves. He knew that the news would blow them away so much so that they would actually be obedient and do what the angel was talking about it. Remember, remember the scripture? Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that the angel is talking about. They listened to God and they did something about it. Do you know why most people in the room, do you know why most of you have heard of Noah? It's not because that God said, Noah, go build a boat to save mankind. It's because Noah built a boat to save mankind. You know why you've heard of Moses? It's not because God said, lead my people out of slavery. That's not why. It's because Moses led the people out of slavery. There's a lot of people. God told a lot of people to do a lot of things. You'll never know their name this side of heaven. They're not recorded in, in, in the word of God because they never did it. They never acted on it. He knew. God was confident. They're, they have, they're so lowly. They're so hungry for hope. They'll share it. And they did. You talk to people, and, and, and this would be you too. If we're honest, you want the supernatural to happen in your life. Like, you want to see miracles. You want to see amazing things. But we've said this before. If you want to see the supernatural, you've got to do the natural. If, if you'll do the natural, God will do the super. It's, it's what he does. It's what God is in the business of doing. But we've got to do our part. Faith. Say faith. Faith, I believe, is a bridge. In fact, I might have put this in notes. I hope I did. Yes. Faith is the bridge between the natural and the supernatural. If you want to bridge the gap, by faith, Moses goes to lead him away. By faith, Noah starts to build a boat because it's going to rain, even though he had no idea what rain even was. It never had even happened yet. They saw the supernatural. Why? They did the natural. Faith is the bridge. Faith is the bridge. Let's talk about the year in faith offering for a second. Um, we've been talking about that for a month. And last week we kind of gathered and that was the, the date we're going to wrap around and really many would give towards it, towards the future, towards land we're looking at, knowing that this is a temporal place for us, that we can't be here much longer. <laughs> okay, so how can I say this? We, we set a, a supernatural goal. Believe that God said $100,000 to put down would be incredible. Prayed, prayed, prayed over it. And God had to show up because last year, we, I think our year in faith offering was 30000 31. So I'm like, okay, that's huge. But believing that's what God is saying. So after services last week, I'm sitting right over here, and nobody else, you go, you're all gone, you're all, you've all, you probably already ate lunch by now, you're home maybe taking a nap or watching the Cowboys win, whatever it was, it doesn't matter. So, um, but we, uh, but I'm sitting here by myself, looking at the connect cards, love looking at those, love when you fill those out, like Destry talked about, first time guests, where are you at, fill those out, prayer requests, where are you at, write those down. And I'm looking at the prayer requests, praying over the prayer requests, and my, my, my phone, I get a text, and it's from the finance, our finance area. They said, hey, figure you want to know you're in faith offering. You know, we've, it's been all tallied up. And this is where we're at at this point. Knowing that quite a bit came in before that day. And some will come in after. Some is still coming in. So, but, he, but the, the, the person said, 65,000 plus has come in for the year in faith offering. 
And I was like, on the one hand, I was like, wow, just like you said, like, oh my gosh, that's, that's more than double last year. I, I Praising God in my heart. But also, the other side of me is, is I don't know if I was praising God. Because I'm like, God, did we hear you wrong? Like, that's not, don't get me wrong, God. I'm not complaining. That's great. But it, that's not what we thought we heard. That's not what we thought you said. You know, we can hear things wrong. We're human. And I remember thinking, faith, just have faith. Because we knew it wasn't done. We knew that people would still be giving and all that. But that, that had to be a lot after that. So I get done praying and I leave. And, uh, and I leave, I'm going to be honest, I left faith-filled. I didn't leave, dis- part of me might have been discouraged. But by, by and large, I still had faith knowing that God you're in this, you know? But I told God before I left, I said, God, I feel like 65 grand. God, I think our church could have done that without you. I do. I think that's something our church does in the natural, if I'm being honest with you. I said, but, but 100 grand, there's no way that would happen without God. Like, God, I feel like you, if you don't show up, that would never happen. And I leave and I go home and it was, it, it, it was less than 24 hours later, I get a message Hey, just thought you'd want to know the year in faith offering is now at 95,000 plus and growing. In 24 hours, I was like, think of how precise God is. On Friday morning, it was 99,809 on Friday morning. You think God spoke clearly on $100,000? I told the group that we're sitting there going over the message, and one guy grabs his phone, he's like, does a transaction. He says it's 100000 now. I'm like, all right. Yeah. But, but I love it because you didn't just like talk about it. You didn't just pray about it. You actually acted on it and God did it. So, and more is still coming in and God is just, I, I share that. Don't doubt God. Don't doubt what he told you. It's so easy to, and, and it didn't make sense on a Sunday, but it sure started to make sense on a Monday. And God says, I still want you to trust me on Sunday when it doesn't make sense, when it doesn't seem like I'm in it, when it seems like I, didn't, I don't care and I didn't listen. God is listening. God cares. The scripture, Luke 2, 16, let me read it to you one more time because it's so important. The, the shepherds hurried to the village. Remember, they did what God said. They found Mary and Joseph, and there was a baby lying in a manger. After seeing the baby, the shepherds told everyone, say everyone, everyone, what had happened and what the angel had said to them about the child. All, say all, all who heard the shepherds were astonished. Question, do you think God wanted a lot of people to know that his son had been born into the world? Yes or no? Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, he, I think he wanted that out. Do you think he wanted, I mean, as many people as possible to not only hear about it, but then share it with others? Yeah, he did. God knew what he was doing. Luke 2.20, the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard. When the shepherds went to uh, herd sheep that evening before the angel showed up, I'm just going to guess. I bet they weren't skipping and jumping and praising the Lord and giving him glory as they went to another job of herding the sheep on a hillside. But here, they're going back to do what they've always done, herd their sheep, do their job, and, and, and joy abounds in them. Why? I'll tell you why. 
They saw Christ. They saw a living God. See, when you encounter the living God, it will change you. There's something different about it. They could have just heard it on the hillside. The, the angels are sharing the news. And they're like, oh, that's cool. That's cool, but we're, we got a job to do. We're going to take care of the sheep. But they would have never encountered the living God. They go in the encounter, and what's it say? Joy, glorifying, praising God. When you encounter a living God, it will change you, and you will want it to change others as well. God chose the shepherds because he knew they wouldn't keep it to themselves. He knew they couldn't shut up about it. He knew they would tell everybody, all people, everywhere, and they would be astonished. Like, I've never heard this before. I've never, I can't believe what you're saying. Have you encountered the living God? You. Has it really changed you? And if those answers are yes, are you keeping that to yourself? Or are you like the shepherds, declaring it for others to know? There's a recent study that I looked at within the last, I think it was 2022, maybe the end of, or maybe 2021, but it's recent. It's a Lifeway, oh, I wrote it down, a evangelism study by Lifeway Research. They, they polled people, like a thousand people, a thousand six, I think to be exact, um, some questions about faith. One of the things they learned right away about talking to people that were Christians, like followers of Jesus, that would say, I believe in the Christmas story, I believe in, you know, I believe in Jesus in the manger, and I believe in the cross, and all that. This is what they said, it blew me away. The Christians we talk to express a willingness and desire to talk to others about their faith. Yet, they don't give a percentage here, they said few of those conversations ever happened. So, in a, in a, think about that. They, they're, they're excited, they go to church, they hear the good news, they're, they're, they're on fire. But yet few of them, even though they love the Lord, even though they're, they're believing the good news, even though they would say that is the best news in the world and nothing greater could happen in your life, few are telling anybody about it. It's, it I think it's a, the, the devil's deception that he wants you to think, I'm sharing my faith, are you? Well, I'm in church, well, that, that's great, but that, are, you, are you sharing it? Are you telling others? Are you, do they know what Christmas is to you and to me? I was convicted because that was me a lot of my life. Oh, I believe in Jesus, but no one around me knows it. And I'm certainly not going to talk about it on Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday to, to people. Listen to the stats. They're so crazy. I'll only give you a few. I don't want to bore you, but uh, 66% in this 1,000 people, 66% said they were open to having a conversation about faith with a friend. So two-thirds, this is just a random American study, so a, a, a snapshot of America. 66% in this study said, yep, I'm open to it. I'm open to having a faith conversation. The next one's crazy. Over half of them said they're open to having one with a stranger. I'm like, that's crazy. I mean, pe people are open to what you want to share. What's the, oh, this one's convicting. Four out of ten 40% say they wouldn't think about faith on their own if a friend or family member didn't bring it up. Just leave that up there for one second. 40% of the people that you know, your friends, your family, 
they're not going to think about church. They're not going to think about faith. They're not going to, they might say Jesus is the reason for the season. They might even post it on Facebook. But I'm telling you, other than that, they're not thinking about it. They're not thinking, unless you or an I do something. The shepherds did something, and it changed everybody that heard the good news. That's so crazy. I'll share something that will be encouraging to you. The, the year in faith offering, that wasn't the headline last week. In fact, that was, that was small news. That would go on the back page of the paper, if it even made that, honestly. It's great, we, we glorify God, but when you consider what's on the front page, it puts context to what's on the back page. Last week, we had eight people give their lives to Christ. That's the most we've ever seen in one Sunday all year. All year. More than Easter. More than any other weekend. Eight people. I, I was blown away when I got the information. I'm like, are you? All of a sudden, the year in faith offering didn't, didn't put it in context. Let's just say that. I was so blown away. Eight people. And, what, and I'm reading through, once I got those cards from Bethany, I'm looking at them. And I'm looking at who the people are. And some I met and some I didn't. And I just got to be careful and keep it anonymous. But one of them... I just looked at the prayer request along with the decision for Christ. And what the person put, man, it hit hard. I'd like help with self-love and self-worth. I want to be happy to be alive. I don't want to hurt myself anymore. I'm convinced the greatest problem that you have and that I have isn't anything around us. It's in us. It's the greatest issue we have. There is a... You get it. And, and to know that she had surrendered her life to Christ, I'm like, yes. Because I know, now I know she has hope. Oh, by the way, that, that, that study, the survey that we just talked about, the highest percentage, 88% of the people, let me get it right, say it's important or very important to have hope in their lives. 88%, whether it's Jesus or not or something or not, they, 88% said hope is necessary. Like, we're in trouble without hope. We are, we are dead in the water without hope. Hope was born 2,000 years ago and laid in a manger. His name is Jesus. That prayer request, that person, and those seven others, and all the others that took steps and the, word, the Holy Spirit worked through, they're realizing, or they're going to realize very quickly as they continually seek God, hope isn't a thing, it's a person. Hope isn't a feeling, it's a person. What would hold us back? This is the greatest time of year to invite people, to share the invite cards, to share your faith. Here's what would hold you back, and I don't know it because I, I know it. I know it because Scripture says it. In the last two weeks, you've heard three stories. You've heard a story of Mary, the mother of Jesus. You've heard a story of Joseph, his stepdad. And today, you've heard a story about the shepherds. In all three of the stories that we've shared as a family together... There were three angelic appearances, three angels that showed up, one to Mary, one to Joseph, one to the shepherds. Every instance, there was one, there was one common message as the angel started the conversation, said the same thing to all of them, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. 
Mary, I need you in this. Don't fear this because you're a big part of this. For people to know what I'm doing and who I am and how I love them, I need you. Joseph, this is huge. I know it doesn't make sense. I know the DNA doesn't work out and the, the test doesn't show you as the daddy, but I need you in this, Joseph. I need you to, I need you to believe. Don't be afraid because if you're afraid, you won't do it. Joseph, uh, shepherds, if you're afraid, you won't go. You won't check it out. Fear. How did I, how did I describe it? I, I, let, me, let me find it. Gosh. The angel knew. Yeah. The angel knew. Fear is the one thing that would hold them back, and it's the one thing that would hold us back. See, you can live in fear, or you can live your purpose. You just can't do both. Have you encountered the living God? Has he changed you? If he's changed you, you will want others to know. Destry's story blows me away. I never heard it before. A sixth grader has the guts to say, you know what? My mom's forcing me to go to this Wednesday youth thing. Might as well bring you with me. And Destry said yes. There he meets a girl named Rachel. There he So if you want to meet somebody, church is the, anyway, so... God. Oh, I, I forgot to, <laughs> the whole reason those eight decisions for Christ, every one of them were invited by somebody else. Every one. Now we get people that come because of the signs, and that's great. We get people that come because of they see something on social media, and that's great. I am telling you, the vast majority, eight people gave their lives to Christ. I wonder. What if the people that invited them didn't invite them? You're telling me that what I do can impact somebody else's life? Yes. God is going to do what God's going to do, but he chooses us to do it. If he didn't need us, he would take us out of the equation, and God would just reach who he wants to reach on his own and not use messy, muddy people like you and I called the church to do it. But God has chosen the church as the vehicle to reach lost people. God has chosen the church to tell people about Jesus well, he's chosen you. I mean, church isn't, you get it. It's, it's people. So we circle back to the shepherds. What if the shepherds never went? What if they never shared it with everybody? All wouldn't have been astonished. I don't know where they would. Do you, think about this. Think about who they talked to about it. You can't believe it. We just saw this baby. He's so cute. He's wrapped in these little snuggly clothes. But there's something special about him. There's like this anointing, this light, this, this, this presence of God. And they're telling all these people. It said they told everyone that they could find. I wonder how many of those everyones ran back to see Jesus. You know there were some that did and some that didn't. Gosh. The shepherds did it. Isaiah 52.7. How beautiful. On the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings the good news. How beautiful on the mountains, those shepherds on a mountain washing their sheep, are the feet of Meadows Church that would bring the good news to people that are really open to it more than you think, I promise you. You know the good news of peace and salvation, eternal life. The news that God, the God of Israel reigns. This church has grown to where it's grown because of you. 
and it will only get to where God wants it to go through you. Like, you, God's will isn't automatically done. I mean, I, I want you to understand that. Well, God's will be done. Well, we, we pray it is. That's why we want to be obedient and get in his word and do what he says. But if we just stop doing what we're called to do, God's will won't be done. In most of the world, God's will is not done. In heaven, his will is done. But it can be done on earth as well through us, the church. That survey, something I didn't show on the screen, is something that was near and dear to my heart. I don't remember the percentage, but it said those 1,006 people, Tom, most of them believed in heaven and hell. I don't remember the percentage, but it was most of them believed heaven and hell. 34% of them, over one-third, said, I would go to heaven because I'm a good person. That's what, that's, what, or that's what 34% said. That's what a lot of people believe. That's what I grew up believing. That is just not, a, it's, 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 <laughs> it's what, it's what the, I, I think so many believe. If that was the case, if it was about being good, I'd, we'd really be in trouble. Because you get the word of God and God says, none of us are. Jesus one time even said, almost alluded to the fact that he wasn't. He's like, you know what? Only the Father is good. I'm like, well, Jesus, I, you're, you're pretty good, though, you know? People don't know truth. People don't know hope. People don't know the good news. They maybe have heard of Jesus. Many people might even believe in the story of Jesus. 34%, I'm a good person. No, no, no. See, that doesn't save you. It's when you encounter the good God. That's what saves you. A relationship with Jesus Christ is what saves you. Many days, there are many days I'd be embarrassed if you saw some of the things I thought or said. Some, some of those, many of those things aren't good in the moment. And maybe you can relate. We're not good. Our hearts are desperately wicked. That's why God sent Jesus. I like to tell people this way. Think about it this, because it's so hard to understand, but I'm a good person. Well, no, and you tell people they're not a good person, they're they take offense. So, so I, I like to say it this way. When it comes to Jesus and us and a relationship and how an encounter with the living God will change you, think about it this way. If you've, if you've ever, ever had teenage boys, that you would know that a, te- a regular teenage boy, they're not too concerned about hygiene. Like, if, if you say the word shower, they're like, what's that? <laughs> okay, this is soap. Did you wash your hands? You didn't tell me to wash my hands. Well, now we're back to the beginning of the message. So, um, but, but teenage boys are not concerned about hygiene. They're not concerned about showering too much. They're just not. It's just not on the radar. Deodorant, that's like a swear word. You know, it's like whatever. But then the teenage boy gets a girlfriend. All of a sudden, he can't shower enough. It's like, oh my gosh, I live in the shower. Are you smelling the soaps at the store? Ooh, lavender. You know, it's just like, it's just so good. Deodorant, deodorant is in the equation. Now cologne is in the equation. So let me, so he went from here to here. What changed? Well, he would tell you he found the love of his life. He found a relationship. When Jesus is the love of your life, it it will change you. 
you'll act differently. You'll talk differently. Maybe not right away, but it will happen. The relationship. And he has a new love in his life, just like you and Jesus. So God sent Jesus in a manger only to grow up and go to a cross to die a heinous death because of our sin. This is what I would say to the, the person that said, I'm a good person. You know what? We're, we're, you're not, and you probably know it, and I'm not either, but God is, God is perfect. Jesus is perfect. And you don't have to be good. You just have to know God. Jesus dies on a cross to take away our sin. Something has to die before something can come to life. Eight people realized it last week and noted it and said, I, I'm on board with that because they know they're not good. They know they're messed up. They know they need hope. Now they know where hope is. It's on an empty cross that turned into an empty tomb because Jesus Christ died on a cross. He did that. He died on a cross. Jesus has done great things. Jesus, three days later, rose from the dead. And because Jesus rose from the dead, that tells you and I that he can take whatever is dead inside of us and bring it back to life. That's good news for you. Like, that, that is good news of great joy for all people, and you're all people. And the friends and family that you know that don't know Christ like you're learning about Christ today, they're all people. And yet, even as I share the gospel and tell you all you need to do is surrender your life, believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that Christmas is real, the Savior of the world was born, perfect, lived perfect, died perfect, rose perfect, and all that for you, not just to keep it to yourself, but to encounter a living God and be changed by it. And for those of you that think, oh God, I've done so much, God can't forgive me, I'm such a heathen, well, you know what? Everything Jesus has done is enough to forgive everything that you have done. Believe that, receive that. It's the best news you're going to hear. It's it. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to invite. There are people that you know that you know that you know don't know Jesus, that you know don't have a church home. There's not just invite cards on your chairs. They're out there. You can take more. This is the time of year where they're more receptive. Let's be the church that goes after them. That's, that's point A, and point B is you just heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can come, and we can cheer, and we can be motivated, and that's great. It means nothing if, unless we do something with it. it mean, it's just noise if we don't do something with what we've heard. We're not, you know, I tell people, you go to a lecture, you take away notes. You go to a mo motivational speech, you take away action items. You go to, a, you go to a, a church service, you leave worshiping. You, don't, you leave worshiping the King of kings and Lord of lords, surrendering all to him. Even if I don't know you personally, I know that you got stuff in your life that you want to give to him right now. Some of you, you know that you've never even surrendered everything to him yet, and today is the day that you do. That you say, I don't want to live for me anymore. I really want to live for him. And here's the thing. When you live for him, it's your best life because it's the life that he purposed and planned for you. It's your God-given purpose. This is a great time of year. I love it just because I love people, and people are hungry. 
if you don't think they're desperate for hope, just hop on social media for 2.4 seconds or just listen to somebody. Hope is here. Hope was in a manger. Hope was on a cross. Hope was in a tomb. And today, hope lives. Don't leave here without encountering a living God. Don't leave here without allowing him to change you. Father, your word and your truth. Uh, as I drive down my house in my neighborhood, God, I, there's a lot of people that have a lot of lights in Christmas, and there's a lot of Christmas trees, and there's a lot of people buying Christmas presents, and that, those aren't bad things. I mean, I, we, we want to celebrate. But I also know that there's a lot of people that don't understand the hope and the, and the miracle that is involved in Christmas. They see it as a time where we get together with family and that's great and we get to have gifts and eat food and, 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 and spend time together. But then they, they, they miss the, the most important thing. The biggest news is like, you didn't tell me that. I don't, never do I want somebody to say to me as they pass from life to death, you didn't tell me. You didn't tell me I, it wasn't about being good. You didn't tell me that Jesus is the Son of God. You didn't tell me that heaven and hell are real. You didn't tell me that God died, Jesus died for all people, including me. Why didn't you tell me that? Why didn't you invite me to the place you, you went? I didn't know you went to church. I didn't know about that. Why, did you, why didn't you tell me? God, it's the best news in the world. And if we truly believe it and we've encountered that living God, God, I'm praying right now, you give us the courage to share it because I'm very realistic. I know that the enemy will try to infiltrate fear. The one thing that would stop Mary, the one thing that would stop Joseph, the one thing that would stop the shepherds. Praise God, it didn't stop them because you were bigger and you were stronger. God, as we leave here today, and we get into Monday, and we get into Tuesday, and the enemy tries to get us to think about anything but you, anything but the gospel, anything but church, we will rebuke that. And we will, we will write someone's name down, maybe today, so we don't forget. I'm reaching out. I'm sending a text. I'm giving an invite. I'm, I'm going to grab a lunch with them. They, I, I want to invite them. I, I got to do my part. God, help us do our part. This is your church. You said you would build it. But you've chosen us to be the vehicle to invite people, to love people, to encourage people, to be the hope that you want them to see in you. God, we love you. We thank you. Jesus, because of your death and resurrection, we have hope today. If those things didn't happen, well, we can start with the birth. We can start with Christmas. If a perfect baby isn't born in a manger in Bethlehem and he doesn't grow up perfect, die perfectly and rise perfectly, well, we're, we have zero hope. But every one of those, those things happened. And because of that, hope abounds in this house, God. We thank you. We pray it in Jesus' name. And the church says, amen. Hey, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. But don't stop there. Like or subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single video, update, or message. And not only that, Share this message with a friend or somebody that you know. So many people out there need hope and encouragement, and you have the ability to bring that to them. 
Finally, if you're in the Omaha area, we would love to have you join us. We would love to meet you. God bless you.